Hey everyone, this is Joshua Voles, site manager for One Foot Down, and uh, doing something a little different. Uh, gonna call this a welcome to the off the rails, or I, hell, I don't know. Uh, gonna do uh, a few more podcasts this uh, over the course of this off season. Uh, I think I will call it off the rails, um, which is generally uh, what I make our podcast do by accident. Uh, as we're going along. So really these are just going to be, uh, just some short things, just some stuff that's on my mind, or, uh, maybe I don't feel like sitting down and and typing and rather just talk and, uh, see if I can talk in circles and, uh, confuse you. (laughs) But anyways, um, just, uh, just wanted to give a little something more to, uh, to, to y'all, you know, summertime, maybe you just want to listen to a 15 minute rant, uh, while you're sitting by the pool. I don't know. Uh, but uh, we're just going to dive on into it and uh, and see what goes from there. Uh, you could be getting a few more of these from me a week or somebody else. I, I don't know. I don't know yet. Uh, but we're definitely going to going to use this medium uh, more than we have in the past. So uh, today I just want to or tonight. This is pretty late for me, but uh, just kind of want to talk about you know Notre Dame's schedule just just a little bit here. Last year we made a lot of uh, a lot of noise about Notre Dame's schedule. And the reason why was really, you know, back in spring when it was announced that Notre Dame was going to move the Syracuse game to Yankee Stadium, we, uh, you know, we got up in arms about it a little bit. They were moving that for the, for the Shamrock series. And when you looked at Notre Dame's schedule, uh, it just, it looked insane. Uh, it looked like it was, you know, uh, for lack of a better, I mean, it was a shit. Uh, <laughs> I, there's so much travel involved, uh, that you wondered if the guys were going to be able to, uh, sustain this long grueling season, uh, with all these miles logged in and, uh, you know, detractors. And, and I'm talking about, you know, even Notre Dame fans themselves are like, Oh, it's just Syracuse. And, and that, that was a lot of talk, you know, it was just Syracuse or, uh, you know, talking about going out to Navy in San Diego. It's Navy. Look, maybe you haven't traveled uh, much in your life, but if you've done any traveling at all and you've got to go through two, three time zones and you got to do that quite often, it, it takes a toll. There is a physical and mental toll that gets put on these guys. And as the season goes on, Notre Dame is, you know, they're not alone uh, in the college football world and with travel miles. Uh, Hawaii is waving right now and saying hello. But Hawaii is not trying to win a national championship. Notre Dame is. There's a difference there. Um, You know, I think, you know, some of the service, I think Navy travels quite a bit, but they're not trying to win a national championship. Notre Dame is. So this idea of mileage um, and I've been opposed to the Shamrock series for a long time, uh, simply because I want the easiest route to a win, period. I don't care about anything else. I, I want them to win. And these games are taking a game away from the hometown, from your home field. It's travel. It's unnecessary travel. Why are away games tough? It's not because the crowd is anti Notre Dame. It's because of all the things that you have to do that are away from home. 
the more normal um, that you can be, uh, the better you can play. You know, the more comfortable you are. Um, I, and there's some contradictions to that. So there's, there's some times where, you know, it, it's good for a team to get on the road, get away from it all, uh, get that me against the world mentality. And that's great. But you don't have to do it all the time. Notre Dame seems that last year their schedule, it really, um, you know, stressed that they would, you know, be doing that quite a bit. And they'd be clogging in the miles thinking about it while they were doing it. So, you know, it, it, if you really look at the way the schedule worked out last year, and, and 12-0, and 0, I guess somebody could say, well, you're, your uh, your point is invalid, and I still say absolutely not. Look at the way Notre Dame played against USC at, at the end of the at the end of the game. They were spent. That was a team that was absolutely, uh, you know, done uh, physically. They they just they, there wasn't much left in the tanks. You know, we, they have stacked up some injuries through, along the way with guys like Alex Bars earlier in the season, but you know. I think some people forget that, you know, Ian Book was hurt so bad he couldn't play uh, in the last home game of the season. Uh, get got injured against Northwestern, and it was early in that game, played through it, uh, side injury, what uh, whatnot. And then Brandon Wimbush had to play in Florida, against Florida State. And if Florida State was a better team than they were last year, we, we lucked out in that sense. Maybe that game doesn't go as smoothly. I don't know. Um, you know, and we won't, you know, we won't know that. But by the time they got out to USC, uh, they looked spent. And so you look, you know, they had the the big win against, you know, against Virginia Tech on the road in Blacksburg. All right. Then you come home and you got midterms and Pitt, who is just a, a curse upon itself. And you have a crap game. Okay. You get a week off. You get that bye week. You get a little bit of rest, but now you're going out to San Diego, take on the triple option, which is, I mean, I don't care what the score is. It's a pain in the ass and we won't get into it in this particular podcast, but playing Navy, as many of you know, is not, uh, <laughs> is not one of my favorite things to do. Uh, but, uh, anyway, so you gotta, you gotta do something out of the norm there. You went from a close win against Pitt at home to a bye week you know, tend your wounds and all that, but then you then it's not getting back to normal. You have to prepare for the triple option. You have to go out to California. You come home, you play against us. You come home and then you take a short bus ride over to Chicago. You play Northwestern. You come back home to play Florida state. Now Florida state was a, an easy win granted. Uh, but you know, there's still some talent out there and it was a, it's just the level of people that this isn't a, a Mac team that they had to go against. And then you go from there to New York to play what was then the number 12 team in the country in Syracuse. Uh, and uh, you know, a lot of people were expecting a closer game. Notre Dame really, you know, just put the pedal to the metal and that's great. But now you got to go back out to LA and I'm telling you just watching that game. You that my, I'm just gripping things and breaking things <laughs> with ease because I could see you could see the fatigue in these guys' legs. Uh, pretty much everything that they had left was in Yankee Stadium still, and that's not a discredit to them or Matt Bayless. 
you know, Notre Dame has been a team that has faltered in November. I mean, we, we all know the deal. And, but it's just it, that grind, that constant grind uh, had finally caught up to him. And that last road trip to California, which Notre Dame wants to do every year, which is absolutely stupid to do. You can do it with USC. There's no reason that you have to do it with Stanford. There's no recruiting argument you can make that will, that is sound enough to make that, you know, justifiable. I mean, it, this isn't 19, you know, 99 anymore. Um, so, I mean, that stuff takes a toll. And so that was a lot of our talk going into the season was this massive, you know, this massive, uh, schedule that they have full of miles and how that was going to affect them. And we were thinking that maybe there's a loss here or there because of these miles. And luckily for us, and, and you know, they were good enough to overcome all that and went 12 and 0 in the regular season. Um, bowl game, notwithstanding, but that's a whole different monster and a whole different conversation altogether. So now you're looking at the 2019 schedule. And the first thing you notice is that, you know, it's a whole different ball game uh, than it was in 2018. Uh, quite different. Granted, they still have road games that are going to be night games. That's just a given for the most part, right? Notre Dame goes to Louisville, to Georgia, to Michigan, to Duke, to Stanford. The Louisville game is a Labor Day Monday game. You know that's going to be a night game. Georgia most likely will get put into prime time. I would imagine that's a game day, ESPN game day uh, destination. And then you got a few weeks there, but then you go to Michigan. Now, Michigan good very well. Put this game under the lights. They could make this a primetime game like we've been seeing more from Notre Dame, Michigan that they, that, to make this a, a primetime matchup. Um, and it's an odd time. And this is the first time since like, oh, I wrote it in a post. It's been a very long time that Notre Dame has played Michigan this late in the season, like 1930. I don't know. I, don't, I, I can't remember the exact year off the top of my head, uh, but I did mention it uh, last week or two weeks ago or something like that. But that could very well be a night game. Going to Duke. Not a hostile environment at all, uh, granted. Uh, the, you're not playing the, the basketball team in, in Cameron. Uh, but most likely another night game. Uh, this is going to be a game that's shown on uh, the ACC's new network, the ACC network, whatever it is. Uh, they're going to want to showcase that. They're already talking about that. They're already promoting that game uh, during the bowl season. Um. And then you'll end the year at Stanford, a place Notre Dame hasn't won since 2007 uh, on the road. I'm pretty sure that's going to be at night. So it's pretty conceivable that all five of Notre Dame's road games are going to be primetime games to add along with having USC at home at night. Why does that matter? Well, recovery time matters. Uh, so, and night games on the road, there's a shorter recovery time. I mean, night, yes, yeah, you got a week to go. But it just, the way that your body recovers. Brian Kelly is not a fan of night games for a reason. It's not because he likes to go to bed early. It's because he knows what these things can do to a team over time. And so the, so there you have it on that. I mean, I, I would just go with what the coach feels. You know, if he was a, 
maybe another coach feels differently and and has other reasons for it. But we do know that Brian Kelly is not a fan uh, of a night game. Um, but you know, looking at the overall schedule, it's not it's not as meaty as what last year's was perceived to have been. Now we know that we know we know that a lot of things changed last year. Uh, Stanford was a top 10 game, right? But Stanford wasn't exactly Stanford. Uh, they were ranked number seven when we played them. Uh, but we saw what that team ended up doing. They, they were not a top 10 team. Uh, Virginia Tech, another team that, that especially, you know, on the road at Lane Stadium, supposedly the, the intro of them coming out uh, to Metallica was supposed to make them win, and that was it. Uh, so the... The four minutes before kickoff was going to seal the deal. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll get on that on another time again. But, but uh, you know, they weren't quite as up to par as what um, you would expect a Virginia Tech team to be, especially at home. And, you know, Florida State, Northwest, I mean, Northwestern was a Big Ten uh, division. I, there's just, there was just some anomalies there. Uh, but Florida State, you would expect them to... To have been a really good team last year, preseason, and hey, they just weren't. Uh, they had a lot of issues, a lot of issues. Um, in fact, Florida State and Virginia Tech played beginning of the year, and because Virginia Tech won, there was a lot of there was a lot of like, hey, you know, they beat Florida State kind of vibe. You know, Virginia Tech's good this year. You know, it took a few more weeks to figure out Florida State had some problems. Um, but Virginia Tech had their own problems too. So it ended up not being as meaty of a schedule as what you would want. Uh, one name that I didn't mention off that was Michigan, your first game of the season. Some people says it doesn't count. I like to think that if you count it towards a schedule, that it does indeed count. Uh, but uh, <laughs> But outside of that Michigan game, once they got past that, uh, they, you know, I will not say smooth sailing, but once they got past that Michigan game, they were better than every team left on their schedule. Uh, I won't say easily, but they were better than them. Um, you know, obvious problems against Ball State and Vanderbilt aside, and that was more uh, other issues than than just pure talent. But but uh, so you, you know you, you look at the 2019 schedule and you're just there's really not as much meat on the bone perceived as like we would say, like we just said with 2018 uh, Louisville quite a few issues last year, but Brian Van Gorder is no longer there. So that defense, I would assume if it was took over by a five-year-old would be better. Um, New Mexico comes into town with Bob Davey. It's New Mexico. Uh, then you go to Georgia and this is the team that was the guys are out on social media saying how much better they were than Notre Dame and they they belong in the playoff and yada, yada, yada. You know, this is a team that was in the national championship game after the 2018 season, or excuse me, after the 2017 season. And uh, Notre Dame had, you know, played them pretty tough, uh, losing by a point at home early in the year. So uh, tough, tough game. I mean, there's no doubt about it that Georgia is going to be, I don't care how much talent, uh, once the NFL does not matter, Georgia is stocked and heavily, heavily talented. Uh, so they're, they're definitely going to be 
that's a major obstacle right there. I mean, that is that a playoff make or break game? It very well could be. Uh, but I think, and we mentioned this in the last OFD podcast, I believe, you know, in 2017, they lost to Georgia and at home, and they were still in the playoff race uh, until running to a buzzsaw down in Miami. So I won't, I can't sit here and say that's a make or break, but looking at the rest of the schedule, you're going to need some teams to be a lot better than what they're perceived to be uh, and get wins on them to help out uh, in, with your cause on that. Uh, then there's a sneaky game. I mean, it's a, it, if you're looking for the trap game of all trap games, and it's hard to say that there are any more because they're, <laughs> you, you talk about them, but that Virginia game right after Georgia yeah, at home, uh, whether you win or lose in Athens, uh, Virginia is a really good football team, uh, a solid football team that is going to give Notre Dame some problems. And after a week like they had, or where they're going to have, whether, like I said, they win or lose, uh, it's going to be a little bit tougher the following week. So really circle that Virginia game. That could be key. It, it reminds me a lot um, of the NC State NC State game in 2017 after Notre Dame uh, beat USC 49-14. A lot of people thought maybe there'd be a letdown. Surprisingly, there wasn't. They came out and and really put it to uh, uh, put it to NC State. But this is a different monster. I mean that that you had USC at home. This you're you're going out to Georgia and then coming back. So Virginia really could be an issue. Bowling Green. Uh, Brian Van Gorder is their defensive coordinator. Notre Dame will score uh, a 50-burger, uh, no problem. We're, you, don't need to, you don't even need to talk about that. That is a warm-up for USC coming in. Hard to say about the uh, about the Trojans. Uh, you really don't uh, – th- th- there's, there's a lot of talent there, uh, but there's a lot of missing parts there, uh, especially in the trenches. Uh, it's a rivalry game. It's it, – Still could be a very tough matchup. Uh, Notre Dame is smart in their scheduling and get they have a bye week after that. Uh, reminder, you know, the, the Southern Cal game, I believe, is right around the same time as midterms. Um, so this kind of matches up uh, with what Pitt was last year. <laughs> so so let me hold off on that on too many Southern Cal predictions till I check the academic calendar for Notre Dame. Uh, but you do get a bye week after that, and then you go up to Ann Arbor. Notre Dame has not won in Ann Arbor since 2006. Uh, so, you know, well, I mean, we probably won, but a referee thought Armando Allen was out. It's going to be a tough game. Uh, for all the all the chess beating I've done over about Michigan over the last week about how much talent they lost, and, and I cannot believe that they're ranked. Uh, a lot of people have them ranked in their top ten, and – even more ridiculous as they haven't ranked ahead of Notre Dame, it's still going to be a tough game. Uh, it's Michigan. It, it usually is. And, you know, the, Notre Dame is just going to have to, to find, you know, do what they did last year. to have to find a way to, to win. It's still a Don Brown defense. It's going to be aggressive. Uh, but, you know, Notre Dame has plenty, uh, plenty of talent to, to do what they need to do there. And Shea Patterson was running for his life last year. And I just think it, Khalid Kareem and Julian Aquara, uh, Dalen Hayes, uh, Ade Ogundeji. I, I just, I just believe that there's probably going to be some issues there with uh, 
with them, you know, chasing Patterson around. I mean, I just think it's going to happen. I I think that uh, you're going to see a whole lot of quarterback pressures. And I don't know how many sacks, but you're going to get enough pressures. And that could be the ballgame. But then moving past that, then you bring Virginia Tech back. You know, they're looking for a little revenge. Notre Dame uh, came to their house and, you know, you smacked them around. And, and I think that uh, Justin Fuente is a good football coach, and I think he's going to have his team ready. They're going to come into South Bend, and, and it's, an early Oct- it's an early November game. It's November. So, you know, kind of a wait and see. After that, you go down to Duke, like I said, probably a primetime game. Uh they lost the number six pick in the NFL draft. So, so they're, they're going to be certainly uh, looking for, for help at quarterback. Then you have Navy come on in with their triple option. You don't have the extra week this time around, but uh, you know, let's say Notre Dame should win this game. This should be, this should be something that they can, um, they should be well-schooled by now in the option, these guys, but you're looking at a, at a new linebacker group, and, you know, a new corner, there might be a few issues there, um, you know, just because there's just no way you can replicate the speed of the triple option in practice. Um, but, uh, you know, Drew White could be back that by then. And uh, perhaps Drew, Drew White is the, the new uh, Greer Martini and the option stopper. Uh, then Boston College comes in for Senior Day. And we've never had a problem with Boston College before on Senior Day, have we? Uh, it's, it's gonna be a tough game. Now, Boston College had, it seemed like they had quite a bit of draft picks, uh, this year. So there's a little bit of a talent drain there for them. And just going off of, you know, recruiting rankings, you wouldn't think that there's a hole, uh, they're not gonna be able to fill every hole there, but, uh, they're still a tough, hard-nosed team. They're going to come in and want to play ball, uh, you know, October, November 23rd. Late in the season, uh, it's going to be a tough game. Ended all up out in the farm, going out to Stanford. Look, David Shaw is just a whiny brat, but he is a good football coach. Uh, he looked, uh, I, I want to say embarrassed, uh, but because his smugness was so great after still after the game. Uh, but you you know he has this game circled. Uh, you absolutely know he does, and he is a good football coach, and he'll have that team ready. So, but so we just went through the schedule real quick there, and what's the one thing that's missing is just there's not a whole lot of miles, and this is fantastic. <laughs> I went through 23 minutes of talking to you just to tell you that this schedule, regardless of what meat is on the bone, is going to be a lot easier for Notre Dame to navigate because of the non-travel issue. Um, it, it's it's going to be fantastic. In fact, what we didn't mention was, yes, that, that Louisville game is a Labor Day slash night game, uh, but they don't play that following Saturday. They, you know, they play on Monday. They're not going to play on that following Saturday. They get that whole time off. So it's not a, not a full, I mean, <laughs> I would say not a full bye week, but, you know, you got a lot of time between, you know, your next game against New Mexico. So they really have a chance to get off strong and, you know, get one of those away games off off the menu within those first three weeks of the season. 
uh, until week four and Armageddon happens in Athens. So that's basically it. I just wanted to point that out as, as, as much as we've rambled on here. Uh, the schedule looks good, y'all. I, I'm not, I have no beef with this at all. And I will complain about night games on the road only because, you know, not because, I mean, I don't care. I, it doesn't, it really doesn't matter to me, I guess a whole lot. Uh, I, I like noon games. I do, but, uh, you know, it's going to happen. Notre Dame is a, the brand of Notre Dame is large and so is the TV viewership. So they're going to put these games at night. It's going to happen and we're just going to have to deal with it. But, um, it really does set up to be a quality schedule in the terms of, uh, you can navigate this thing. What that's going to do as far as in the eyes of a playoff committee, if it, if it comes to that, you know, if Notre Dame can get past Georgia, there's a run to Ann Arbor. And then you have, so, so it sets up nice. We're not, we're like a lot of schools in the country where, you know, Notre Dame usually is so front loaded. Um, but this year it sets up a little differently where, you know, towards, towards the end of September is when they got their big matchup with Georgia. And then towards the end of October, they got their big matchup with Michigan. And then towards the end of, at the end of, uh, of, uh, November, they have their big matchup with Stanford and, oh yeah, by the way, you have, you know, USC in that October. So, a pretty decent schedule to work with as far as like your narratives and, and, uh, you know, kind of all that, all that stuff, but you're just, Notre Dame's going to have to handle these teams. They, they can't have a ball state or a Vanderbilt next season. If they, if they want to be taken seriously, people are looking for ways to knock them down after the playoff performance, regardless of how many times other teams have stepped into that same, you know, Ohio state got beat 31, nothing. Uh, and they never took, I don't think they took as much grief nationally as what Notre Dame took from the 31-3 beating uh, from Clemson. And then, you know, Clemson goes on to beat <laughs> Alabama worse. So it's just, it, it's a fine schedule. It is not a great schedule if you got home, uh, you know, if you got home tickets. New Mexico, Virginia, Bowling Green, USC, Virginia Tech, Navy, BC. You know, there's no Shamrock Series game this year, and uh, you know there's no neutral site game this year. So for me, I am ecstatic. Uh, all these games we played in the camp or in the the stadiums that are on the campuses or close to thereof, and uh, I couldn't be happy about that. So it's a good schedule. Uh, it could be a lot sneakier, tougher than we thought, or than you, than what it looks like, just because of the way things line up. Um, but Hopefully it's enough, uh, it's enough to, uh, you know, to make people impressed, uh, with some wins and that's all I got. So thanks again for, uh, for listening to the one foot down podcast, I get, or I guess the off the rails version. And, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Go Irish.